Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Welcome to 51 First Dates. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And we are doing an experiment. And talking about dating. And love. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Cheers. Cheers. Hi, everybody. I'm Liza. And I'm Kimmy. And welcome to 51 First Dates, the podcast about dating. Yep, that's just what I'm doing now. I'm just going for it. <laughs> the podcast, v. the only one, the definitive podcast on dating. We um, we're thrilled you're here. We love you guys. We are psyched that you keep tuning in. We have a really great episode today. We chat with our friend um, who is a filmmaker, writer, uh, a director, a yoga teacher. Her name is Joyce Wu, and she's really really super like cool and funny and smart and all of those things um and we talked about a lot of fun stuff we talk about pooping like people on dates <laughs> talking about pooping <laughs> we do and and we, a bunch of other things yeah there's great quarantine dating content um just Joyce is so vulnerable and open and sharing kind of what her relationship to relationships is as we love to inquire about and I think it's a really great conversation and I think you'll all appreciate um Joyce's energy and vibe so very excited for you all to listen to that and we have I don't know we don't have a ton of other stuff do we have any hot hot news and business no weather business and weather we have a new president again (laughs) we have a vaccine coming still yay Yay. (laughs) you know lots of lots of trying to um keep it positive happening over here I don't know Liza how are you I'm okay you know I'm very happy that things seem to be going in the right direction globally and I'm also very tired of it being dark at 4 p.m. and like feeling kind of bummed out all the time but you know I got my sun lamp popping I had a couple whiskeys we're here. We're doing. We're doing it. How Sun are you? lamp popping. I love it. Um, I want it to be a song. Uh, I'm okay. You know, I just you know officially official official. No way around it. Christmas is canceled. You know, I was trying to see my family, and that just was clearly like something we were holding on to happening, and then it just wasn't going to be able to happen. And that's yeah. the right choice and everything. But. Um, I think in that vein, which is, again, grand scheme, I'm so effing lucky. Life is good in the pandemic. But I'm, like, really excited for us to do a holidaying episode next week and just try to, you know, like, Christmas is just a day where you give people you love presents. And so if that happens next, you know, autumn, summer, I don't know how optimistic to be. I, I hate optimism these days. If it happens <laughs> At all. No, there will be a time where we can gather safely. And I'm just kind of like, all right, what are the things that bring me joy, spark joy in me, um, Marie Kondo style? But uh, that's been some like baking Christmas cookies 
some fails, some successes. You couldn't have any of them, Liza. I feel like there are nuts all over my kitchen right now. Your poor <laughs> allergy. <laughs> I'd love to like deliver them to my neighbors, but I, you know, having you and other friends with nut allergies, I'm like, I'm going to have to put a disclaimer and then if they're allergic, get and yeah. it's COVID. But anyway, that's a lot of ways of saying I'm doing just fine. Just, you know, leaning into Christmas, I will say. That's good. I have not started leaning into Christmas. I've been aggressively pretending that it's not December. Mm. And it's working out pretty well for me. We're going to get like a foot of snow in New York on Wednesday, which I am now like childishly excited for. It's nice yeah. to have know you're going to have snow when you don't have to leave the house. Like I can't go anywhere. So it actually sounds kind of great. Well, where normally this would fill me with dread because I'd be like, ah, I got to trudge through the snow and blah, 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 blah. So, um, you know, things could be worse. Uh, the good things that are happening is that, oh, wait, we have one piece of business we have to shout out, which is we are doing a giveaway mm, oh, of yes, we are. a Lilo Soraya. It is, um, Lilo is an incredible sex toy company that we've talked about on the podcast before, and it is their kind of version of the rabbit. And it's a great toy. It's really spency. So... You should enter our giveaway to win. All you have to do, I hate having I hate doing business, but all you have to do is <laughs> write a review, screenshot it to us, and send it to us. Or if you've already written a review, you can share, you can um, tag us in your story, shout us out in your Instagram story, screenshot that, and email it to us. And you can do that at 51firstaidspod at gmail.com. We'll enter you into the giveaway and we will draw the name in january yes we will all you have to do is compliment us and you could win a special christmas vibe or holiday vibe or, or hanukkah vibe even if you write a one-star review we'll still enter you true. into the giveaway that's true we <laughs> tell us appreciate the about feedback us, so yeah please don't. um <laughs> also can, yeah january- tell us a little bit <laughs> not too much we- i can't handle it 2021 well, save it for 20 20- yeah you can just leave one star you don't have to write anything um mm-hmm. no you can leave whatever you want to leave uh, also in January, we are going to have a new dater starting. Mm, so mm, mm, stay mm. tuned for announcements on how that's going to work. It'll be fun to have a new dater starting in the pandemic. Hopefully this person will continue on with us, even as vaccines starting to get start to get delivered and maybe more dating becomes possible. Uh, or given our track record, um, this person will have a partner by then because uh we have a great great rate of success not that success is being in a relationship it's not okay yeah no I mean it's great I I was I love it (laughs) so you don't have to be in a relationship to be successful but if you're going on dates looking for one and you want to do it and talk about it on this podcast somehow we've had people find those relationships because they talked about it on this podcast I don't know uh myself included thank you all for listening to us uh the worst the worst the worst um yeah that is the business that is the business Liza what has your consumption been like of late consumption corner time well on your recommendation I watched most of the flight attendant although I haven't finished it yet and it's so good so fun such a fun like mystery but like campy you're completely right that it totally has search party vibes um it's been a blast. I've been loving, loving that. And I don't think I've watched anything else. <laughs> I feel like that's. Yeah. Oh, well, I read a book this week. Uh, I haven't read it. I haven't finished a book. I still haven't finished this book, but I have like 12 more pages. But I have not finished a book 
since probably May. I mean, I've talked about it on here a bunch of times, like my pandemic-related reading anxiety. And I got a book recommendation from my future sister-in-law, and um, it is called Mexican Gothic by, I have it right here, Sylvia Moreno-Garcia. And it's a kind of like dark, spooky tale and it's like very it's it's very it's like a very much a page turner like I don't know if it's like the best written book in the world but I have just been like ripping through it dying to know what happens and it's like very creepy and spooky which I kind of like in book form um so high recommendation on that well like like, that's basically it I know I can't believe it I'm first of all I'm jealous I feel like you're lightly bragging I'm just just kidding no but I I (laughs) because also this book is like it's not chick lit. Like, it's a little bit more serious than that, but it is, like, it's not fucking highbrow. You know what I mean? But how beautiful is that? That is that is the exact <laughs> right vibe for this moment in time. And, you know, you took my recommendation on the flight attendant. I will take your recommendation because I do have a little time off that I will be in my house for, <laughs> you know, because that's how the holidays work in 2020. But I think it's a good time to get into reading because I'm watching so much TV. The end of every day is the same and it's TV or movies and that's grading in a weird way. I love it but I hate it and we've talked about it a lot so I won't bore everyone but you know I'm just I need to consume in a different way so yeah I'm down. Well what about you what what are you what are your consumptions for the week? So I have oh I guess this is me listening to your recommendation. I pushed through not pushed through that sounds like it was hard it wasn't hard at all but I just hadn't finished are you the one season one and now I have finished it and it was really fun your thoughts okay I think it's really fun it was fully addicting really fun to watch the level of trashiness is like on par with Jersey Shore in fun ways yes the thing I want more of, and I can already tell by watching like the first episode of season two that they will hopefully give us, you tell me, is more talking about the strategy because rather than always making it like I chose this person with my heart for the people you know, it's just strategic. Like I want to know when the hearts get in the way of the strategy, but I also want to know a little bit more about the strategy. So yes, I feel like there are some seasons where they do that a lot and some seasons where they don't do it that much. And season two is kind of more towards the end of they don't do it a lot, but they do more of it than season one, I think. Mm. But the thing you really, like, really, really have to watch, except it's not on fucking Netflix, but this may be even worth, like, an SD purchase on Amazon, is season eight, which is the season where everyone's sexually fluid. Yes. Because... The matches, there's so many more possibilities. And so the strategy, I mean, A, the characters are great. B, it's like more emotional because a lot of people are talking about like their struggles with their own queerness. C, it is like the strategy, they have to be so much more on top of it because anyone could match with anyone. So it's like, I I don't know how to do math, but like the the possible matches are so much more. Um, Yeah, it sounds, it seems so much harder to... Win. It's so fucking good. I only want them to do seasons with everyone being sexually fluid from now on. Yeah. <laughs> like and it's, it was such good te- TV. It sounds like from your recap that there's a little more depth because don't get me wrong. I love some of these like random people shouting things out or people having like these really tearful emotional breakdowns but literally not making any sense and contradicting themselves. There's just a level. Yes. Uh, I don't want to IQ shame but there's just there's a mm, there's a theme 
I, I don't know. Everyone on that show is dumb. <laughs> really, everyone. Like, every single person. Like in a weird way. Like, it's glaring. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in a way where you would go on a reality show on MTV, they're also all really young. Like, yes, I feel like true. the average age on that show is like 23 and they are just plied with alcohol constantly. Like they get so fucked up on that show. So it's a bunch of young, drunk, like not super smart people. But the the season, I think it's season eight where everyone's queer is people are smarter on the whole and more like introspective. And uh, there's one season that I love where there's one girl who's really smart and everyone else is dumb. And the whole season she's like, I can't deal with these people not in a condescending way but she's just the only one figuring out the strategy and she figures out a lot of it but then people at the last minute like pick the wrong person and every talking Uh. head of her is just like this is horrible I don't know how I can't do this anymore and it's just there's like once in a while you get kind of like a gem stuck in there but it's overall like very much an MTV reality show and like huge shout out to them for having so far solid locations these houses look like Disgusting because of how many people are in them, but so nice. They're like in Hawaii and then they're in San Juan. It's like, okay, all right. Yeah. They always have great, like, you know, not quite Love Island level, but like a couple notches below that, like houses and beach situations and like gorgeous locations. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's got a little of that escapism that like, oh, I'm just dying for like a beach. I know. I think that, yeah. That really helps. Something that's not a one-bedroom apartment. Speaking of um, escapism, my other I content consumption. Oh God, why do, I can't get the fucking thing right. Consumption corner recommendation is um, the Meryl Streep vehicle that is a boat, not the prom on Netflix, but the other movie she's in right now. Um, Let them all talk. The Steven Soderbergh movie on HBO Max. It is. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, with Lucas Hedges mm-hmm. and um, Candace Bergen. I liked it. It's so Steven Soderbergh did Ocean's Eleven, Magic Mike, lots of other movies, like a ton of movies. But uh, yeah, I guess I just to give context, uh, it's all shot. I think he's just like a really quick filmmaker, too, from I don't I don't know. I'm not I don't I'm not up in the know. However, he shot this film on the Queen Mary 2, which is this like it looks like the Titanic. It looks like a film Hmm. shot on the Nouveau Titanic. It's the only cruise I've ever seen that's made me want to maybe take a cruise as an anti-cruiser here. Um, And it's COVID. And I was like, ooh, that looks fun. It's all shot like on the passage from Brooklyn to um, London or Southampton, whatever. Yeah. So he, I think they had to go back and do some reshoots. But uh, it's older women too I think like just coming to terms with like friendship and life and Meryl Streep plays this successful writer and I don't know it was just like the perfect little quarantine watch like I I just liked seeing something new and yeah a lot of like improv I think so it's just watching these women it's not the best movie of all time but I haven't been watching good movies this year and I think I'm going to mm-hmm. try to change that as more comes out now that we're getting up to like quote unquote award season. But anyway, yeah. Liza, I think you'd like it. I think it's a really cool. fun watch. Like It's something like I was obviously intrigued, but I, I hadn't heard anything about it until your rec, which me- means I, I trust your recommendations very, very highly. So I will definitely watch it now. Um, Cool. Yeah, I mean, Good it's not. It's, yeah, I, I. You let me know what you think, though. That could be fun, and I think. But that's I it. love that kind of movie. Like, I like a female friendship movie that's like not about. That's not like plot, plot. You know, plot, plot, plot. Like, that's a that's a good vibe. 
Yeah, it's um, lady, old ladies talking on a boat and like some funny moments and I'm into it. Yeah. I, or I Fuck was. Yeah. Yep. That sounds great. I'm excited. Um, Cool. Well, do we have any more news, weather, consumption? No more news happenings? or weather or consumption. Just <gasps> next week we'll do some holidating action. Of course, of course. Yes. Which will be so If fun. anyone has good holidating stories, um, give us a shout. Email us. DM us. Any of it. Voice record uh, and send. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Send a voice recording. Any of that. Um, and we will um, see you then. But first, <laughs> like, oh, I'm like, oh, we'll see you next week. We have a whole interview left. Um, please do enjoy our interview with Joyce Wu. Hi, Joyce. Thank you so much for coming and speaking to us on this podcast. It's so fucking good to see you. How are you? <laughs> Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so good to see you too. I'm hanging in there. Uh, it's funny because we just the baseline assume that people are not doing well. And I almost feel a little bit of guilt, but today I feel okay. Oh my God. <laughs> That's such a thing of like, yeah, it does feel weird to be like, I'm great. You know, like even on days where I've been having really good days, I feel like I'm not allowed to say that. They've, they've been, I am. you know, few and far between, but yeah. No, it's true. But how are how are you two doing? You know, same. You like know. truly okay today. <laughs> Despite you know, what, speaking to you both because we just had like a little catch up. It, it's been nice. I feel distracted from you know the outside world where things are really really bad. So I feel fortunate right. for you both. Yeah, me too. Totally. Um, we're gonna talk all about you, your dating life, all kinds of things, your work, everything. <laughs> Maybe our old glamorous um, youth in New York when we used to, to run around together and be cool, weird indie filmmakers. You're still doing that, but you know, uh, it was, it was, it feels like youth to me. Um, but first, as always, what a weird way that I just put that. Uh, no, it was lovely. I, was I, I, I felt, I felt wistful. It I'm made just me feel nostalgic. Wistful. Like, I feel like mm-hmm. seeing both of your face on the screen, I'm like, oh, like, remember when you could, like, be to, like, meet people we'll probably have talked about this like we met at a screening we did through like another Um, you know cool filmmaker friend it was like oh we used to be able to go out and meet people and connect with them in the world um at bars at uh, bars yep fully (laughs) uh those were the days but today's Hmm. are today's (laughs) it's going well this is gonna be a great interview (laughs) we're very present everyone don't worry we are present we, we are in this. the moment. Yeah. Professionally good hands. Don't worry about a thing. Yeah. Um, however, we always start this way. Uh, do you have a worst first date story? Okay. So I, I, I'm going to break down the fourth wall a little bit. And I don't know if your users, well, they must know that every episode, everyone talks about their worst first date. And I have, I have plenty of those, mm-hmm. but I kind of wanted your opinion because I have had a recent pandemic dating situation that spanned a few dates. And I just need to, I need to try to understand. Maybe you guys can help me analyze and break it down. I would love that. Oh, fuck so, yeah. Okay. So um, I live in a really adorable street in Pasadena in this very, yeah, tree-lined, lovely. lovely. Yes, lovely. And uh, the woman who lives across the street from me is like, hey, would you ever consider uh, being set up with a friend of mine? And and I was like, sure. I love an old-fashioned setup. I've always, I think all my significant relationships have been with men that I've just met in person. 
Impressive. Um, Very impressive. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Not, that sounds breath. No, braggy. I mean, it's 2020. <laughs> like... <laughs> but it just, it always just works out better for me. I feel like online dating feels too much like an audition or an interview for me. Mm-hmm. And like, I just, whatever it is. So I was like, sure, yeah. And she's, you know, sent me pictures. He was attractive. Um, and we ended up meeting. So there's this place for those of you who are not from LA called the Huntington. And it was like this robber baron who owned railroads, his gigantic house where there are art galleries, but the, the grounds, the gardens are really beautiful. And so they were, uh, you know, allowing people to visit with masks, socially distanced. That felt like a good, you know, outdoor first date, right? And uh, because of COVID, we had to like, I had ordered like tickets at a specific time. And so they closed at four or at five and the only slot that was available was four, fine. Mm-hmm. So we, we meet up there or we're supposed to meet up there and I'm waiting, I'm waiting and I'm like, okay, well, I wonder if he's just, you know, and if he doesn't know where to go, if he's confused. So I texted him and I was like, hey, I'm by the entrance. You know, when you come in, he's like, okay, cool. And he showed up like, between 10 and 15 minutes late, which I guess would be, that's a normal acceptable amount of time to be late, I guess. So I didn't really, what do you think? I don't know. Is I'm like making faces. I, well, I think it all depends and I don't want to interrupt, but it gets really no, tricky. No, please. I think that it's almost like I had more, everyone's late in LA and New York, I guess. Yeah. I guess 10 minutes is okay. 15 is when it starts to be like, if you haven't contacted me, this feels like particularly rude. Right, right. Because I was also like, you know, we only have an hour. It was a weird situation because of COVID. It's like, you only have an hour. We only had an hour in the garden anyway. So like keeping the, and then he did apologize when he showed up, Ugh. which I was just like, oh, okay. So, I, and it was fine. The date went fine. But then <laughs> we, uh, our next date, he I have a patio, so you can sit socially distanced. And he picked up takeout, and we're sitting there, and he goes, "You made short work of that burrito." Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry, uh, you can't. made short work of that burrito. Oh my god! Oh yeah, yes. Don't you ever comment on how fast I ate a fucking burrito? Are you wow. kidding me? Right. Okay. Thank you. I'm not overreacting about that. You made sure what that's not funny. Is that an, an important observation that you make? Like you don't. Joyce, okay, I got, so oh, no, that's bad. Right. I, I, sorry to interrupt you again. I got in a fight <laughs> no, with please. my, my, the person I live with, my boyfriend about the way he commented on me getting another second helping last night. Basically he was just like, you can have a second helping if you want. And I was like, well, I know I can. If someone on a first date <laughs> yeah. made a comment about, I don't need the, your permission. Like, yeah, I was, you know, yeah. on one. He was being sweet, but if someone on the fucking first date was like not being even sweet, and I, I would have lost it anyway. Yeah, Ugh. short work, of the, and it was like, are you trying to imply that I ate it quickly? He's like, well, yeah, and I was like, okay, no, this is just not because I can understand letting that slip or what. So, okay. I was willing to just kind of let it go because it was in that very borderline like, well, he's attractive enough. The conversation's fine. And this is where dating during COVID is actually can be really wonderful because you have to be really honest with yourself and with another person about whether or not it's worth your time to continue dating them. 
And I am someone who my problem is I am not always honest with myself or in touch with my intuition when something doesn't feel right. And I think when it with dating, especially early on, it's got to feel really fucking right. You know, Mm -hmm. because there are a lot of things your gut is telling you so much. And women, especially, I think are told to like, ignore that feeling, which is a really real and wise and important thing that we have that, you know, that, that exists physiologically, emotionally, mentally for us. So I was already like, I don't know about this dude. So then, but I still was like, oh, you know, my neighbor is just like nothing but wonderful things to say about him. She says he's such a nice guy and he's ready to get married and he wants to have kids and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay. It was just like one of those things where it was like good on paper, right? He checked all the boxes. But I agreed to go on a hike, another classic COVID day. We said go on a, a hike and I was running late. So I was like, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm going to be 10 minutes late, like five to 10 minutes late. And he goes, oh, okay, no worries, me too. Oh, okay. And so I was like, hmm. were you going to tell me? Because yeah. I feel like the only decent thing is to warn someone if you know you're going to be late. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Maybe this has an issue with time. It's kind of annoying, but LA being LA. But now it's like traffic isn't even bad anymore. So you can't even blame it on That's that. That's true. So, <laughs> so I get to the trailhead uh, and I'm just waiting and waiting. And I think I was waiting for like over 20 minutes at that point. And he was like, get this he goes he texts and says sorry i had to take an emergency poop <laughs> i feel like this is not oh, real <laughs> my god i okay yeah and I, okay and listen i i teach like, yoga i <laughs> please tell me what i'm what are you pro thinking? pooping like i talk about yeah. pooping and farting on this podcast too much and i'm pretty sure everybody is like liza shut the fuck up we don't want to hear about this but not for someone not to someone i've met one time like yes. that's such a weird that you're hoping to have will want to have sex with you, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. such a weird and also men. I feel like all men. This is my own vent, personal vendetta against men. <laughs> no, think that like pooping is this magical. Like it takes them such a long time, and they just think that you have to stop <laughs> your entire life to make it happen. And I don't understand that. So. Okay. No, I think, yeah, well, and from, this is the thing. Yeah, I'm like, why would you tell me that? I, 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 there has to be some mystery, at least early on. Like, I'm also not one of those, like, oh, I poop at the door open with my butt. Like, I will never, I will, okay, this is like, I've gone too far in the other direction because I used to be, I'm still kind of struggling with being a people pleaser. And I think my mother was like really uncommonly beautiful and she was young and she was the first woman in her, you know, college class to get married. And she's very like proper. Mm-hmm. And I think I developed a lot of these kind of messed up ideas that I always had to be beautiful and glamorous and pretty and nice and like perfect to the point where I would wait until my boyfriend would fall asleep and poop in the middle of the night like a thief in the middle of the night i would wake up to take a shit and it and and to his credit when i finally admitted it to him he's like that is horrible please never do that again but i completely changed my digestive cycle so that i could poop in the middle of the night 
to maintain this illusion that I was someone who just never. <laughs> so it's like, listen, same. I took it's it to crazy. Yeah, okay. So many fucking women. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we just internalize this. No, it's, yeah, yes. that's the thing. I think, you know, maybe you, Joyce, saying it out loud, you're like, this is crazy and you have perspective on it now. But I guarantee the majority of people listening to this podcast are saying, especially women, um, are like, yeah, I've done that too. Because yes. it's, oh, yeah. it's just. I had to start dating someone who came from a like people shitting with the door open family like (laughs) like a family that's just like I'm having diarrhea like just like that's it's that's their vibe is like you just say whatever the truth is it's great I really dig that vibe but he had to just train me little by little over the years he'd be like what you had (laughs) diarrhea or how's your stomach you having diarrhea you mean to get you something for your diarrhea like I would be like "Ah, ah, ah, don't say that but it's like it's so many women have this we have it baked into our subconsciouses Mm-hmm. It's really sad because, you know, that every, that we're always contorting ourselves into like that we feel this need, even our digestion has to be perfect. That you yeah. have to be like, that's crazy. So I understand that I've gone too far in the other direction. However, someone who is trying to woo me, like don't show up 35 minutes late because you had to take a dump like I but so so the the yoga teacher part of me is like look it's his bodily functions like he has no control over them it's it's I I don't know that I want to know about it but then what would what was the what would the move have been there to just cancel I I don't know okay I think the yoga teacher (laughs) in you is very generous and I completely (laughs) admire that I do not have that in me and again someone who like (laughs) You know, I, I agree with Liza where I'm like, oh my goodness, the sacred poop. Why are men so sacred about their poops? But I also appreciate like when you got to go, you got to go. So my thought is still, unless it was a like true emergency, which again, this early on, you don't need to explain what the emergency was. You can say like right. yeah. so many lies. That would be totally fine. Yes. I, I just, I just, one, maybe it was a true emergency. Fine. Then maybe he should have canceled. I don't know. That's awful too. But I really think it was more like he was just treating the poo time as a sacred time and like indulging himself <laughs> rather than being respectful and on time. That's my take. But oh, uh, but see, this is the okay. So this is the thing. I feel like on the one hand, I'm like, well, what's wrong with me that I would prefer that he lied? Mm. You know, there are little white lies that don't matter. But I'm like, okay, in the spirit of like, we should all be honest and transparent and be authentically ourselves. Like, what? But for me, it's like, I, I felt guilty when I'm late and I always have a problem with this because I have a, I have a problem with time. Like, unless I really micromanage, I need a stage manager or an ADA to be like, you've got five minutes, five minutes. Thank you. <laughs> then I understand. But I understand that if I didn't wake up with enough time to walk my dog, to take a shower, to eat my, cause like, I'm not a morning person out of respect for that person, if I didn't time it well enough and I kept that person waiting, that's on me. Like mm-hmm. fully to me, the idea of keeping anyone waiting for even five minutes or 10 minutes is mortifying to me. Like, because I didn't get my shit together enough to show that person the respect they deserve by being on time. I I can own that. And and it feels like a little thing, but it's not because it's like whatever you did, you just didn't, you didn't time it right. Because it wasn't like we met at six in the morning. We met at like, it was, we we're supposed to meet at like 10, you know? So like you had more than enough time to do whatever you need to do, have your coffee, take your shit, do whatever. But again, if it were a true emergency, I thought, okay, how can you blame someone for that? Right. So he shows up and again, 
no apology. Which I think is unpardonably rude because it's just, I'm not like, oh, but there's certain things about etiquette that are important because you have to uh, like let that person know that you are taking accountability for whatever, keeping them waiting, wasting their time, not showing them, you know, not being respectful in a way, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if he came from a family where no one apologized for anything, if he wasn't raised that way, or if I think a lot of men tend to be like, never apologize because that makes you look weak. And then, you know what I mean? So whatever it was, I just felt like it was rude because it's like, I've been standing here with my dog at the bottom of a hiking trail for 35 minutes. Like, you know. That's insanely rude. (laughs) Yes. It's funny because I think it also just speaks to like not having respect for someone else's time Mm -hmm. is such a bad sign. You know, it just, I think it's just one of the biggest like canaries in the coal mine of selfishness. It's like if someone doesn't think your time is valuable like if I was 35 minutes late to something, I would be spilling over oh my myself, God. apologizing yeah. yes. and be like, I'm going to buy you coffee after this. I put yeah. It, it, it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I would never, just... I would wake up in the middle of the night, three months from then and still feel bad about it. Yep. 35. Yeah. So I was just like, I, cause uh, again, so I was like, Oh, and he, so instead of apologizing, he's like, Oh, sorry. Or no, he didn't say sorry. It's funny. Cause reflexively, if I were to transcribe this conversation, I would have written sorry, but I would have said sorry. He did not say sorry. I remember making a note that he never once apologized. He said, uh, you know, I, I had I had to poop and then I realized uh I had to poop again. No, which okay, no. that's an emergency. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> Sorry. okay this is what I, yeah okay thank you because this is where the story doesn't quite check out for me. Okay. So I said, Oh my God, did you have to get in your car and drive back home to poop again because again COVID times this is really scary you can't just stop anywhere to go poop I get it he goes uh no I hadn't even left the house so uh, how long were you waiting between the poops what I I knew vaguely where he lived so like he he hadn't left the house he was already running late so I'm like this person either like you know some people have OCD they can't get out of the house they have issues whatever it just struck me as very strange because let's say you do have diarrhea that you have to poop in rapid succession at best but i think there was at least 10 minutes between the poops <laughs> if the timeline he's giving me is honest okay would you really risk it by going on a hike where you're loosening things up even more no and fully and if you <laughs> leave someone 30 hang out for 35 minutes I think at that point you just say like I'm having some stomach problems. I'm mortified. Yes. I'm gonna have yes. to reschedule. I think everyone yes. gets that, and it's like, yes. oh my god, yeah. Oh my god, yeah. Stomach problems, mortified. Yes. Yeah, and I, I guess I'm just having. I'm being like a total. I have no empathy, even though I'll probably like have a terrible accident tomorrow because I don't have empathy about the the bodily functions of another give me, human. Give me sharding tomorrow. It's yeah, I'm, like, I'm sorry. But I guess I'm just like we are giving him weight like. Obviously, this is a dating podcast. We asked you to share the story, but like we're giving him the benefit of the doubt, even as we dissect this. He's just a self-involved person who didn't have any respect for your time and and or is doing some weird bit where like I don't understand this. Like, yeah, pooped and then I had to poop again. Like, it's not fucking funny. Like, I don't need you to be all prim and proper, but like, come on, this is dating. Bring back wooing. Like, it's yes. Come on. It was. And that's why the burrito comment, the short work. Oh, the yeah. burrito was just like 
oh, you like I and it was funny because I I got into the weeds about the like etiquette stuff. And my friend is like, whenever you don't like someone, you just criticize their manners. Because <laughs> I think I feel like I have to make a case for why I don't want to be around. But for me, it is I was just like, you will never understand me if you think this is acceptable behavior. Like if you because like, you don't know if I have a history of eating disorders to say something like that about yeah. how I like how fast I can see my food. Like you, you're just there's something missing and to and to not want to look i don't need fucking i'm trying to think about who's like famously gallant and romantic i can't even think of a movie example of what i'm looking for but i don't need i don't need a man to like show up in a tuxedo and like take me out to laburna dent you know mm -hmm. <laughs> in a horse-drawn carriage or whatever i just need you to not be 35 minutes late and talk about how you took two shits before you like <laughs> is that asking so much ladies no it is right? not it is not so how did you leave it and then specifically handle it with your neighbor oh uh, well so this is, <laughs> this is well i haven't told my neighbor yet. i'll just have to listen to this on tuesday <laughs> no i it was funny because part of me again this is what's really scary for me i have to say I will date someone way too long just because I'm always like, well, you don't want to be. Sh now I think I I've just, I'm definitely going through men faster, <laughs> which I think is a song. It's healthy. Mm -hmm. You actually in your gut know within like the first minute in some ways, there's something, you know what I mean? That, that you're, your gut is your intuition is telling you is like, Oh, this person, you know, I'm not, I'm, and I think that people give women, especially too much shit, like, Oh, don't be so shallow. Like there's more, you have to look past, you know, and I was, I was my mother always wanted me to, to meet some like nerdy man who is actually nice, <laughs> you know, and, and she has this idea that men who are too handsome are a problem because other women will pay attention to that. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, I just need to find mm -hmm. someone that, you know, and you're kind of pushing past, you're like, I don't find this person attractive or this isn't working for me or I don't like this. I'm too picky. Like I remember being at a an event. I ran into this guy I knew with his wife and I said something like, oh yeah, I'm single again. Like you have to let me know if you have any friends you want to sign me up with. And he's like, oh, I don't know what you're looking for. And his wife goes, you need to lower your standards. To you, to you? That was the first time I'd ever met her. Yes, to me. And I was like, this is disrespectful to your husband. What is, that's your advice. I never told you what my standards even were. So like, why are you telling me to lower them? And I would say that's my advice. Yeah. Bonkers. Sorry. Bonkers. I, no. My mouth is hanging open. <laughs> I just put my hand over yes. my eyes. Like, yes. Crazy. It's, it is crazy, but I think a lot of women feel that way. And honestly, if I were to give any advice to 99% of women, it's that you need to have higher standards. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like almost every woman I know should have higher standards. I think my entire, like, this is, I'm in the only healthy relationship I've ever had in my entire life. Lots of half relationships, oh, unrequited love, you know, yeah. all the shit, all sure. the tears were spilled. And I think the only way... I got to this place and I'm not saying everything's perfect, but like basically my journey on this podcast, the journey, we're the bachelor now. Um, no, but my <laughs> like experience going on more dates was a lot about 
weirdly raising my standards, not like having too high of them. Before I was just focusing on the wrong parts of like quote unquote standards or checklists. Instead, it was about like raising standards around some pretty basic relationship stuff like feeling respected, feeling like your time is respected, you know, feeling like this person actually cares about how you feel and isn't, you know, gaslighting you. But I just, I, I totally agree with you, Joyce. There's a collective raising of standards that needs to happen. Yes. I was just telling my friend today, this isn't me being arrogant. This is just the truth. I didn't understand until like maybe this year or like a couple years ago that like 99% of them, this is every number, 99% of the men that I dated were beneath me in some way. Like they, and yet I would just be so sad if they didn't text me back or they wanted they you know to see other women or I felt like that is so sad to me that I wasted so much of my time wondering what was wrong with me why I wasn't good enough to have a relationship or or to have someone who would be that devoted to me when yeah I should have just had higher standards and so what what I'm proud of it with this man it was like old Joyce would have dated this guy for a year and a half minimum Mm -hmm. (laughs) but I would have dated for a year and a half I would have felt like it you know just the the main thing was like I just didn't feel good not that I felt yeah I just didn't feel good around him you know what I mean I didn't feel he wasn't emotionally abusive in the short time that I you know that I went out with him but him not respecting my time him commenting on my eating habits it just it I didn't feel I've been in a healthy relationship where I felt loved and accepted and comfortable. And it just um, like, my gut was like, this ain't it sister, (laughs) you know? And, and so I had to, and I think he could sense it and it was hard. It's hard because I, you know, I, at that point, so on the hike, I was just like, really just not feeling it because before he even showed up I was like mm-hmm. this pooping thing the 35 minutes late the it had already been the burrito and the late before so I was like I was already like this is three strikes you're out like I honestly I should have just been like thank you I think I'm just gonna go home like yeah and I hope you have a like but then I was like you know all right I'll go on this hike so we went on this hike and <sighs> It wasn't like he's a, he's a reasonably intelligent person who's interesting and, and you know it wasn't that he had nothing to say but it was that it didn't feel like a good we just weren't connecting you know and at some point these people were going down the mountain these people were um i was like just i let them pass in front of me but he was talking and talking and talking and didn't notice he had gotten quite a ways in front of me with all these people between us and I could see him gesturing and talking as though I were still there and I was like I want to see how long it takes before this man realizes that I haven't been behind him for you know a while (laughs) and when he did I think he was I think he was really embarrassed and I feel bad if he ever listened to this sorry (laughs) but he you know he was like, why don't you walk in front? I think he understood that something bad was, and like, and then we got down, he's like, well, I hope you had a good time. And I was like, mm, yeah, and I got in my car. And then, and then, and then I think like the next day he texted, he's like, I hope you, you had a nice time. And, and I was like, yeah, you know, I have to say, I, I don't, you know, our neighbor has, you know, our mutual friend, I said, she has nothing but 
wonderful things to say about and you seem like a really wonderful person and you know I, I enjoyed getting to know you I just don't think this connection is the romantic one but so I hope you understand I just wish you all the best I mean that's and he was cool about it yeah that's again this will you're not asking for me to say this but I'm just gonna say this because Please. I was so bad at doing that part of ending things like that's just like the perfect way to wrap anything up you know like it was actually you didn't even necessarily owe him that but like that clarity I don't know I feel like easier for for me it was always like easier to think oh I'll I'll just say it wasn't a connection but then I'd chicken out so I guess just props to you oh thank you you know it was it was interesting because I had I had dated this man before him and I and it was it was really hard because I really wanted to have the feelings that I knew he had for me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just didn't, it didn't feel right for me. It was another gut thing where I was just, it just didn't feel right. And I had to, it was really painful actually to tell someone because I've been on the other side of it where you, all you want is for that person to feel the way that you feel. And it's fucking sucks when you when they just don't. <laughs> but I think it's better to be honest because I because I even thought if I tell him like oh I'm just not over my last relationship or I just you know which you know I just want to be alone you know and I do think that is I do want to just be alone for a while but I think if it were the right person I w- I would not feel that way anymore mm-hmm. <laughs> you know and and, and I, if I say something that's a lie I don't want him to think that oh in the future then we can revisit it because there I don't think I'll feel differently ever you know and it in some time it's so this this the pandemic has really taught me to be much more honest with myself and and to be brave enough to do it with other people yeah I mean it, again like it's it's easy for us to talk about here, but it's so hard to actually do, to actually be honest. Yeah. And it yeah. takes a lot of guts. So Yeah. I feel like the pandemic is is an interesting time to practice it though. You know, we're all having to be more clear with our boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like like just like don't hug me or, you know, I can't, you know, come home for this holiday or whatever it is. We're all having to have conversations that we would have maybe previously avoided because we have to like be really clear about what we feel okay with and what we don't feel okay with and I feel like there's a world where that could spill over into dating especially now when it's like every every interaction involves like consent checks like even a even a casual outdoor date it's like are we wearing masks what are we doing how's it going how are you feeling like do you feel safe like all of this stuff um but I feel like there could be a good world where where that could lead to people maybe having to be like more upfront sooner or at least people who struggle with it as like I did and have and still do having to figure out how to kind of break through that fear of like saying what you need and feel comfortable with oh yes no I think there's something that is I think a beautiful thing that can come out of all this because I think I realized that I didn't want to be with that person when I realized I'm like oh it's just such a hassle like because it is a hassle and you have to be so conscious and, and um, you have to be much more deliberate about the way you live your life, right? And your time is, is very different and, and your exposure to another human being is, is different. 
So you just can't fuck around the way you do. And I think mm-hmm. in a way that's really good because I think we should value our time more. Like I think we should, we're, we were so overscheduled before. And I, I would say my people pleasing comes from a really deep place of um, not feeling like it was okay to have boundaries because I wouldn't uh be loved and accepted if i had my own space right or my own mm-hmm. my own um limits to things and i think um it's so important you know it is that like rupaul if you don't love yourself how the hell are you gonna love someone else kind of thing because it's like you'll never have healthy boundaries unless you love yourself and you you respect yourself enough to say like my yeah my time is valuable i'm not going to i don't yeah but Again, when my self-esteem, my self-worth were lower, I think I would have, yeah, dated this man for a year and a half, even though I didn't feel great about it. Totally. And it's wild. So many women, you know, their first relationships, their early relationships are, like you said, with men who are below what their standards should be. And and that doesn't, I'm not speaking about men's attractiveness or anything yeah. they can't control. It's all shit they can control, which is like... <laughs> Treating you well, respecting your time, respecting your boundaries, respecting your, you know, everything, <laughs> like <laughs> your humanity, etc. Um, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, no, no! I would. That was fully the end of that thought. Because <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, but it can also be about their attractiveness. Because uh, if you're a woman who wants to feel sexually attracted to your partner, like that, men are allowed to to factor women's beauty into whether or not they feel like they want to have a relationship with that person. I think we, and it's like that classic, you know, Kevin James or whoever should, why should Amber Valletta or Leah Remini or whatever hot woman he's paired with on screen not be so shallow, but he's, he has to have the most, he has to have literal supermodel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's his standard, you know? And I would say like, my first boyfriend that I ever had was someone I was friends with in high school, but I wasn't attracted to him. And I remember he was just very persistent. And I was like, well, I don't want to be shallow. Like, I guess this is just like, you know, you sort of just, it's fine. (laughs) And I think that that's really sad that at age like six, 17 or whatever, I, was already settling for someone I wasn't attracted to because why? Because I, that I felt like that I didn't, you know, I wasn't supposed to ask for more. Yeah. I mean, it's really, that's an interesting point because I feel like so often we're like covering our bases and making it not about attract, but there, there's a base level of attraction you have to have to another person, even yeah. when you're just 17. And it's interesting. Yeah. I wonder, especially when you're 17. I mean, I would have killed for any boyfriend when I was 17. I was like, please validate my existence. And I didn't even have like family pressure on that really. It was just like, I felt less than because I wasn't in a relationship yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's also hard. Did you grow up? This is like very much getting back into your childhood. But did you grow up feeling like kind of having a relationship was a prize. Like what was your, we love to ask what was your relationship oh. to relationships? Though I feel like we've covered that a bit. But I guess <laughs> like so much of my like 
Ugh, I was going to say journey again, but just my feelings no, on. No, say journey. Why? Journey with relationships and dating. No, I just, I realized that there was this huge pressure I placed on myself, like in my 20s, like, why don't I have serious relationships? I'm so oh, far yeah. behind friends. Mm-hmm. And like looking back now, I'm like, wait, where the fuck did that come from? And I don't know. Oh, no, I, I think that I am like a lot of women who grew up watching movies and TV shows and reading books and feeling like you're uh, for a woman, I think from the day you are born, (laughs) you were taught that your self-worth should be wrapped up in whether or not a man wants to marry you. Like all those fairy tales, everything. And it's, you know, it was so funny because I was at Colson Patisserie. Have you guys ever been in Park Slope? Yeah. Where Bill de Blasio apparently used to go every single day before yeah. he was the YMCA. <laughs> I was sitting there, have you know, having a little pastry, and this little girl, she was probably four years old, came in with her dad, and she said, "Tell me." They were eating. It was very cute. She was like, you know, she's having her little dessert, her little after school treat, and she said, "Tell me a story about a princess who gets married." And he's like, "Okay, no, 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 no. First of all, the you know the princess like." does a lot of traveling she dates a whole bunch of other guys (laughs) what an incredible man father of the year okay yeah to me i'm like yes even with a dad like that that little girl was like the most important thing that can happen the most significant part of her life is that she finds someone to marry her so i would say baseline we all have that shit indoctrinated to us from day one I had a particular extra layer because my parents are anxious immigrants and uh, it's like they have a recipe for happiness from the old country and they're not comfortable substituting any of the ingredients, okay? So it's like college, marriage, good job, kids, like that's what they understand. And, you know, and then my father had Parkinson's disease, like starting when I was, I think, 17 and my mother had had breast cancer twice so I think it really ramped up their like wanted to see you know wanted to be at my wedding wanted to meet their grandchildren and it was so much pressure mm-hmm. from as long as I can remember and I, my friends and I were laughing because when I was like 23 I'd go on a date with man and be like can't see myself marrying him <laughs> so I guess there's no few I should have been just banging a bunch of hot dudes. Like, I don't understand what at that age. And I gave off real weird desperado energy, I think. And I, <laughs> I was putting myself out there as someone with like very low self-worth and very desperate and needy and insecure. And I just got a lot of, and I think just dating in general in New York is like, it will turn a a sane woman insane, you know, because every man there is so entitled. And so, and in a way they're not wrong to be, (laughs) you know, but the problem is because our feelings of self-worth are wrapped up in whether or not we can find a man who wants to marry us, then there's so many of us who are glomming on, to them and, and we're how can we possibly be present and just enjoy like I wish that I had done more dating where it was like this guy is not 
but he's like fine you know we have like a great time together we like go dancing or this is a guy i just see obscure french films with and like we have this brief adventure like i could never just be present enough to just enjoy someone's company i was always so results oriented because i wanted to check that thing off my list and it's so funny because like i think maybe the most significant relationship i've ever had was with a man who was completely the opposite of anything that I thought. I was always looking for someone who was older and established in his life. And I had these real fantasies that like he would provide me with this like stability and I could do my art and have babies. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I think that's what my family wanted for me because they couldn't conceive of a world in which I could be financially secure on my own as a creative person. And so it was like everyone was giving me this contingency plan that marriage was the only way I could be happy or stable or have an okay life, you know? And I, and I truly, we still as women, I think, don't have that many role models in terms of women who are like living life on their own terms. Like don't want kids, never wanted kids. Like I, I know this woman, Cindy Gallup, who fox men in their 20s i think she's in her 40s or 50s and she just loves dating younger men never wanted children lives in an awesome apartment <laughs> like lives the life that she truly wants and i'm not saying that has to be it but i just thought i really needed to do this thing and i every time a relationship didn't work out i was so crushed because i felt like life was a beauty pageant and i must not be pretty enough and, and I'm never going to find anyone I'm not worthy of love like I also grew up in a very like white suburban uh you know town in the midwest and I it's funny recently shared this I, I asked a boy uh freshman year of high school to the Sadie Hawkins dance and he he said he had to think about it and then I found out from someone else that he was going with another girl and my friend said why don't why don't you like Joyce and he said I just can't imagine dating someone who wasn't white. You put that on Twitter, right? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. it broke my heart then and it's breaking oh. it now. Oh, no, I just, it fucking, it's yeah. terrible. Like, so fucking it, dramatic. Yeah. It, it, it was, bad. but yeah. And it, and, I, and it really was because at that point, because I'd watched all these movies, I was going to make, I, this is, I'm, I was, do you ever have these tweets that you almost send because you're still kind of working out the joke in your head? And mine was about how like, my only role models for women in like, you know, in movies or TV shows I was watching are like the servant in that episode of Sex in the City. <laughs> and like, I was trying to think of another fun, like there just wasn't anyone who looked like me in any of the things that I watched. So I just assumed that you had to be white if you really wanted romance in your life. You know, like some part mm, of me is yeah. like, no one will ever really love me if I'm not white. Like I will never, that just isn't for me. And so I think some deep part of me feels this, you know, still feels I've worked on it a lot, mm -hmm. but a sense of inadequacy. And because, you know, my mother had this outlook, like the, the prettiest girls get picked first and like the most beautiful women get to like someone picks them and they get married and they've got good lives, you know? And I just thought, like my little kid logic was still in my brain, like, no one's picked me I must not be pretty enough or something must be wrong with me 
And it was sad because the more I fell into that well of just total lack of self-worth, the more I was just attracting men. Like if, if that's, if you are attracted to that, there is something wrong with you because a healthy person would want someone with a healthy self-esteem. <laughs> right? Oh, I, yeah. Woo. Sorry, no, I feel like yeah. I've been chattering nonstop. So, no, not you're, at all. Yeah. thank you for sharing. I mean, this no. it's like it's I don't know. There's so much pain in growing up, and then mm. you know I grew up as a little white girl in an all white town, so it was painful enough for me, and I wasn't yeah. like being treated <laughs> like an other. So, I think it's just to your end point, like. All, we are always talking about the stories that define us and the experiences that define our like relationship to relationships. But it's so important to grapple with that because otherwise you do end up attracting people who are attracted to something that maybe isn't healthy. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. There's no – I mean, some people luck out and they meet that person, but they still have to do that work. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like you have to face it no matter what at some point because – that person will get sick one day and not. You may be 70 years old, <laughs> but you're going to have to face something about the fact that fundamentally you need to be okay with who you are and you need to love yourself. Like that shit is the work of, that will be the work of my life. It'll be a daily practice for the rest of my life is undoing that stuff. Um, oh, but I was going to say, so I, I, I'd done a lot of work. I'd done a lot of therapy. I'd sort of, you know, I was feeling better about myself before I moved to LA. And, oh, so the most significant relationship of my life was with this man who was my friend's little brother. He was six years younger than me. He, like, didn't really have any friends and, like, didn't really have a job when I met him. And he was an amazing partner. He was incredibly supportive and not competitive with me. He was so emotionally attuned and like we had a really lovely relationship that you know we ended up wanting different things so it, it didn't work out and it was very painful but I only dated him be, in a way because I was finally open I open to it like if I online dating he wouldn't even have shown up like in my search because he would have been too young mm. but also if I met him at a bar I'd be like uh he's really cute, but I just, I'm not, I'm, I can't see myself marrying, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and because we, I was just at a point in my life where I was like, I just want to have adventures. I just want to like be open to whatever, to exploring, you know, just not being so results oriented about my life. And we ended up, we were together for like three and a half years. Mm -hmm. So you just never know. All I'm saying is like, I want to be the kind of person who can be open and spun as an artist, as a human being, as a woman, I want to be open and spontaneous and let magical things just happen when they're meant to, you know, and all I can do is be open and um, present enough to see them for what they are and to experience them fully with as much joy and exuberance as I can. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and I was feel like yeah. amazing Thank that you, you. Were, have been able to get there. To, you know, I, I think that it's 
Uh, like I said, a lot of a lot of being a woman, a lot of being a human is like unlearning mm-hmm. the incorrect things we learned oh, about yeah. our and have been the stories we've been telling ourselves about ourselves that were downloaded from society and our families and mm-hmm. the patriarchy mm-hmm. and blah, 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 blah. But it takes everyone a different amount of time. And um, I think it's really it's an, it's inspiring to hear your yeah. your trajectory and the fact that you you have reached this point where you're like oh wait dating isn't results oriented it's not someone it's about it's about finding someone who makes me happy and like that's kind of the ball game you know thank you thank you yeah i mean i feel very lucky that i mean i i have a lot of privileges and i have a really uh lovely life school and I started the pandemic I was was my it was truly my nightmare because you know my dad had died I was you know in my 30s and unmarried still and I didn't have a child my career as a filmmaker and a writer was just like nothing like dead in the water and I and I was all alone and I thought this is everything that I was afraid of came true you know and it's been I feel very grateful I've had this time to realize that like it was such a gift like I have had this time to meditate (laughs) and figure out my next door neighbor is a psychologist retired psychologist um he looks like Santa Claus (laughs) and he's so lovely and you know every time I take out the trash he like gives me some incredible you know, uh, incredibly sage advice. And uh, at the beginning of quarantine, this is like back in March, he said, well, you're going to be spending this much time by yourself. You should probably start to like yourself some more. Mm-hmm. And my, God, my first reaction, I was like, I am sick. I like, I, I, I'm a yoga, I do like yoga teacher training. I I meditate, I do all the self-help. I've been to therapy. Like I'm so sick of working on myself. Like why do I keep having to be a better person? Like when am I gonna, you know? And he said, I didn't say work on yourself. I said, like yourself. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Whoa, because I automatically thought in order to like myself, I have to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Hmm what I know like I couldn't conceive of I could not conceive that I was lovable or even likable just as I am and how many of us feel that way it's so sad you know Mm -hmm. oh it's I oh it's true the thing you said I mean RuPaul has said it says it at the end of every episode I'm a huge drag race fan listeners will know um (laughs) but I also I was watching Lizzo's tiny desk concert on NPR because like just to check all the stereotype boxes about a <laughs> white 32 year old woman and her you know living in New York uh but she was like she there was this really powerful moment where she was like if you can love me you can love yourself she's like all you mm. all of you guys who are out there cheering for me telling me I'm beautiful telling me I'm fierce like all this stuff if you're capable of loving me you're capable of loving yourself and I wow. was just like, holy shit. Like, I think I cried. Everyone should go watch Lizzo's Tiny Desk. <laughs> I don't want to cry right now. I, and she did it in the, like, her band was playing oh, in the background. It was like a break. And wow. I fully, I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. it's very powerful. But that sentiment I'm, is 
Yeah. It's really, it's like, how is it so hard to grasp that? Or like you were saying you were on the phone with your female friends, like a lot of today. Like if we are all so capable of like thinking our female friends are the best fucking people, they're amazing. We're obsessed with them, you know, it's like, but it does take this extra weird jump to turn that on ourselves that like I can't fucking do half the time. Yeah. I I was going to say when I teach meditation, one of the things that I say and I really believe and I have to tell myself is that so I've been doing this practice. Maybe this is actually do you mind if I do you want to do it with me very very quickly? <laughs> it's just sure. this exercise. Uh and and you can cut this out of the 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 podcast completely if it but so you just kind of come into awareness, right? You can take one of your hands in the air, um, see what it feels like. If there's like a slight breeze. Just notice what it feels like in space. And then turn your palm down and put it back onto your lap. And notice what the fabric feels like against your hand. Is it soft or... Just notice the texture. And then notice any sounds in the room. You're just coming into awareness. You're just being here. And then try to notice your thoughts. In some traditions of meditation, you are taught to just, you know, blow it away or let it gently float down a river. Now I'd like you to just notice them. For me, I just thought this is so weird. Now I'm suddenly teaching meditation. I feel bad. They feel like this is crazy. They have somewhere to be. I'm recording this. Kimmy's got so and uh, you know, oh, what's wrong with me? I'm so self-involved. I think I'm so self-important. Uh, you know, I went down this whole path, right? That immediately went into negative self-talk. <laughs> that immediately I was like, what's wrong with you? You think you're so special. You've got you know, da 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 da. So all we do is we begin to just notice our thoughts without judgment or criticism. You just notice. Oh, I wonder if they're bored or if this is weird. Okay, come back into awareness. And that's just the whole practice. You come back in and out. And the second component is that you, you start to get in touch with anything that's causing you to suffer in some way. And on your inhale, you, you take it in. And on your exhale, you send yourself whatever's needed. So if it's a feeling of inadequacy, you breathe it in. And on your exhale, you send yourself confidence, strength, whatever it is. And so part of, so you, you come into awareness, number one. Number two, you start to notice your thoughts without judgment or criticism. And then the third part is that you take in your own suffering and you send yourself relief. One of the most important parts about just noticing your thoughts in a neutral way without criticism or judgment is that you get to know yourself in the same way that you would sit across from a friend that you're having lunch with. You, a good friend doesn't judge, right? A good friend doesn't criticize. You just listen. And what you're training your brain to do is to essentially become your own friend. <laughs> and it's like why is that so much harder just you know what I mean because immediately we go into the hating ourselves it's so it's reflexive 
-hmm. But if we can just be with ourselves, be with ourselves without criticizing ourselves, without judging ourselves, we get to know ourselves. And the more you get to know someone, you like them just because you've spent so much time with them. I love that. And I think that is such a perfect, no, it's such a, it's a good reminder. Look, I'm not the most, um, I should meditate more. Let's just say that <laughs> I'm not the most mindful human, but I just think it's a, it's a really, it's a great note to kind of take into the holiday season, especially in this crazy, crazy time and year, uh, that's very painful for many people. And then also just take into dating in the future. You know, I know, yeah, just like we all, we often say, you know, give yourself a break or work work on yourself. We probably say work on yourself or do things for yourself more than just like get to know yourself. And I, I like that as a good little takeaway. Yeah, yeah because hang out with yourself like a friend. Hang out, yes. Like, on the nights yeah. I allow myself to like have an edible and watch dumb TV alone and like just you know, like where yeah. literally like the the rare occasion where I'm like, okay, you're allowed to relax, you're allowed to not you think that you know it's like it's so powerful and yeah oh liking liking or loving yourself is actually a lot to ask if you don't even know yourself and most of us don't know ourselves we we hate ourselves we just don't know ourselves <laughs> so, yeah. you know? it's such a good point so, I feel like I wake up and I'm like what have I already done wrong why am I so annoying yeah. before even like yeah just yeah. like thinking about who else is in my life and who I am I don't know yes it's so hard well Joyce where can everybody find you and follow you and you know join like find your work but also just yeah be a part of your great energy that you brought to us today oh thank you where yeah sorry where sorry. like on the internet oh <laughs> sorry yeah. oh yeah Where's i'm on twitter <laughs> i want Twitter. yes i'm located you want to come find talk to my neighbor who looks like santa claus uh i am at one and only joyce it's all spelled out so o-n-e-o-n-l-y-j-o-y-c-e one and only joyce on twitter and instagram and i'm gonna link all of that below and oh, please check you. out joyce check out her amazing all of her amazing work and show her all the internet love. Joyce, thank you so much for joining us. It's been such a great conversation. We're so happy to have had you. Thank you you for having me. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.